here is President Trump last week in Fargo speaking directly to our Native Americans about saying, you know what, Let, let's give yourselves a chance to make a change. Let's make a difference. Let's work together to make a difference in improving the quality of your life. I know it's a big Native American population, and I know it's been very tough, and I know Heidi has not done a good job in helping them and taking care of them. And, and I say with respect to the Native Americans that I go right back to where I was two years ago when I was campaigning. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? You put Kevin Kramer into that position, and you're going to see things happen that you'll never see with Heidi. You're just never going to see it with Heidi. So I'll say very respectfully, what the hell do you have to lose? Okay. And that's the question we're going to explore tonight. Joining us live from our studio in Bismarck, the executive director of the North Dakota Indian Affairs Commissioner, Commission Scott Davis. Mr. Davis, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you with us, sir. Let's start right there. I mean, I look at this, and correct me if I'm wrong, sir, but it seems to me that Native Americans have been voting Democrat for decades. If you listen to President Trump and make some changes, what the hell do you have to lose? Well, first of all, Chris, I'm thankful for, for being on your show tonight, too. I know this is getting a, a lot of attention, a lot of exposure, and I think it's, it's good uh, because it's really been spinning out there um, through my channels. Um, you know, when I think about those comments and, um, you know, the history of, of voting and even the, the, the season of campaign, which we're heavily in, even according to your polls here, you know, it's, it's made me think about, um, you know, some of the apathy that I think some candidates have in regards to, you know, whether or not they want to campaign on reservations, uh, what's the use or what's the use for my people uh, to vote for a, a candidate. And I think that's been kind of a challenge for, for both sides to figure out. Um, you know, I was just up back home yesterday up in Belcourt and seen a lot of signs, you know, travel chairs, councils running for, for such and such, counties and so forth. But uh, I didn't see a lot of uh, state and federal signs up there. And that's always concerned me because, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, what's to lose on the vote, to me it's, it's um, more of a uh, what do you have to win, what do you have to gain by campaigning on uh, on a reservation in Indian country. I think there's a lot of uh, pluses I, Scott, on campaign, I don't, I don't no, matter, that, no matter, no matter, no matter mean, what, what, no matter what, what you, sir, party you're from. We'll, we'll get to that. Right now, what I want to talk about is improving the quality of life for Native Americans. And again, I'm asking you to correct me if I'm wrong, but I look at the stats and I go, okay, you've been voting Democrat now for decades, still have high unemployment, still high suicide rates, still high alcoholism rates. Why do you continue to vote for people that are not serving and improving your community? Yeah, well, that's a good question. That's that's the hundred dollar question all the time. No matter if it's a chairman, council, but so what's your you answer? Know, governor, senator, president. Well, it's 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 it's, uh, it's multi, uh, Chris. It's multi. You know, again, it's and it goes back to campaigning. What is the campaigning promising? Are they even campaigning on reservations? That's that's where I'm coming from. Is that so? Now you have a chance to talk about all these issues: unemployment, economics, health care, uh, suicide, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, so when you do go to Washington or to Bismarck or whatever it may be, now you have um, the wherewithal, the uh, some tools to to address these problems. Because I guarantee you, no matter what candidate gets in. This this come into section, you will you will I can, I can promise you you will you will be facing uh, native issues uh, sooner or later you know and that's just the way it is so so it really makes sense to to get get to in the country and to engage with uh, tribal members tribal leaders uh, tribal people in general and talk about these issues 
And how, and how to I, fix them together. I understand. I studied psychology in college. I understand human psychology. I know that people love certainty. And, and I don't want to use a bad analogy here, so I'm not going to go there. My question to you then is, is why not try something different? And again, I'll ask the same question. What the hell do you have to lose, whether it's Kevin Kramer or anybody, but by voting for somebody different? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's it. And it goes back to engagement. You know, I use the example of, of Governor Burgum. I mean, uh, advise or not advise to campaign in the country. Uh, well, he did it anyway. You know, and what he did was amazing. All he did was was go go to each reservation, tribal leaders, uh, people in general, and and talk about the issues. And from that, I think he gained a lot of respect. You know, whether you disagree with him or, or agree with him or want to vote for him or not, at the end of the day, you're going to gain respect. And I think people in general just want to be listened to on these issues. And I think we need to expand upon that. So whoever's campaigning out there and whatever signs you want to put up in any country, I think, <laughs> I think all of them should be in any country, for, for quite honestly. Scott, but, I can... You know, but the tribes need to be open to that, too. The tribes need to be open to that, you. too. Um, I completely you know, I've, agree I've, with you. I've had my... I've, I've had my, my share of debates with uh, tribal leaders uh, telling me who to vote for. I think that's a dis disenfranchise, I, I feel personally, about myself, you know, of telling me who to vote for. Uh, they don't speak for me. They don't vote for me, obviously, but uh, I can make up my own mind as well as my family. So, uh, but we need more of that, Chris, is what I'm saying. And that's kind of what I'm reading into this, these comments by President Trump is just that. But for even him, for him to make the comment on that on, on national television, I think is is also plus. It's given in the country attention. Yes, it's given a lot of uh, attention. So you know, Scott, I think that's that's a that's a plus. Scott, I don't mean to cut you off, sir, but I've got a few things I want to get through fairly quickly. I know Rob Port wrote a, wrote a piece today saying, "Hey, President Trump should come back to North Dakota and actually do his rally on a reservation." Good idea, bad idea. Oh, I think it's a great idea. You know, okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember a, a, a time in my my political career here, or even growing up, that a president or a candidate, or I shouldn't say a candidate, but a president uh, held a rally of some, some sort on any country. I mean, I mean, what, what, a, what, a, what an opportunity. I, I agree. You know, Scott. Again, agree or disagree, whatever. It's, 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 it gives a lot of good attention for any country. I and hope that you I can sense, good. Scott. I totally agree with you. I hope you can sense, Scott, that I am extremely passionate about this topic. And so I want to cover a couple more items with you fairly quickly, sir. One of them is this. As I look at, for ad nauseum, we've talked about the workforce issues here in the great state of North Dakota, and yet I continue to look at what's happening with Native Americans, whether they're on the reservation or not. They seem to have a higher level of unemployment than a typical North Dakotan, and it upsets me when I see things like this coming out of Grand Forks. Let me share with you what I mean specifically, sir. Grand Forks put out a piece today, if we can bring this graphic up, please, bragging about how uh, the population growth from 2010 to 2015 has been because of immigrants and new Americans, refugees. The, the, the federal government right now, Scott, uh, gives these organizations, such as Lutheran Social Services, over $2,000 for every refugee that comes into this country for rent, food, and job services. And I look at that and I go, what? We could take that money and invest that in Native Americans and help them with job services. What say you? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I read those stats quite a bit on, uh, you know, immigration and, you know, helping people move into to our country and so forth. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, policy on that and so forth. But, you know, when I look at back home in our backyard, I mean, that's always been most important to me. And, and that's and the other piece of that coin, Chris, is, is, you know, travel governments themselves, you know, sovereign nations. When you talk about sovereign nations and you hear that a lot, 
and country. That has to mean something. That has to, you know, be more than just you know a treaty obligation. I get that. That's that's you know in the in the, in the marrow of my bones. That's that's no, a no-brainer. But what's more to that? You know, how are you going to exercise sovereignty in solving these workforce issues? How are you going to track business through policy through through. Uh, through uh, exercising sovereignty, you know, and those are things I've been working on for a long time, you know, and, uh, you know, governments come and go, but there's got to be maybe a private sector, more of a private sector presence in the country. And we talked about banking well, policy, federal policy, travel policy, but, but, but Scott, that's, that's again, these are, this, is, this is a big picture. But that's what I'm getting at, sir. You've got all these regulations on the feds because you continue to vote Democrat, and there's, there's articles out there that say private businesses don't want to invest there because there's way too many regulations. I want to get your thoughts on this, sir. We had the congregation of the most tribal nations uh, in recorded history, at least that we know of, that happened at the Code Access Pipeline at Standing Rock, which you're a tribal member of, and yet uh, Senator Heidi Heitkamp was nowhere to be found during that entire situation. I want to share with you a quote from someone from Sandy Rock. They said, we rallied so hard for her, but when her hand was four, she basically sold out to big oil. What is that saying to the Native American community that she didn't even show up at the biggest congregation of tribal nations? Well, I think tribal leaders, when they look at situations like that, you know, you're, you're, I've always said, you know, when you're putting your eggs in, in one basket, you know, politically, what is your political capital? Is it just one side, left side, right side? What is it? I, th I really believe in in the country, Chris. You got to work both sides. You know who is in power. <laughs> and the best example, the best example of that has been my father. You know the tribal college movement here in, in North Dakota. Talk about workforce development. You know wh who has the power? Where's the money at? Who do you got to talk to? Who do you got to lobby? I mean that that's a lot of work. And they started from scratch, Chris, from scratch. And the, and the answer was no, 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 because it all goes back to relationships, it goes back to engagement, how do you articulate yourself, what's your skin in the game, I mean, there's a lot to that, but, but they did it, you know, and, and I've always used that, that, that example, Chris, of not having your eggs in one basket, you know, because it, it's doom or gloom, well, you know, yep. we, our candidate wins, so uh, now we've got to wait another four years, or now we've got to wait another six years, you know, you, you can't wait another four years for you know, the right candidate to come in and, and to fix you. That's just not going to happen. You know, no matter what president, what candidate, you need to exercise sovereignty. You need to work with these candidates, left or right, you know, independent, whatever, who's in power. And, and you need to provide that venue, you know, consistently. I, I agree. And once you do that, I think you're going to have better results, better results, but you just can't continue to pit, keep putting your eggs in that same basket. It just, it, it's, it's got to be more of that, Chris. And that's just how I see it. You Scott. Know? Thank you for the time, sir. What I'm hearing you say is you want to see more people campaigning on the reservation. So if you're open to this, I'd love to work with you to set up some town halls or something with some candidates. So I will reach out to them. Uh, and if you're open to that, we'll see if we can make that happen. Okay, sir? Chris, Chris, real quickly in closing, I'll, I'll just predict this. And I've said this, you know, years, years ago. You know, some of, these, some of these races, as we all know, they're very, very close. And if you don't campaign in any country, you know, and you're talking about the word lose tonight, what do you have to lose? Well... If you don't campaign in any country, you just may lose your seat. I'm, 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 that's, that's my closing, so thank you very much. Very valid point. Thank you for the time, sir. We appreciate it. Again, Scott Davis, Executive Director of the North Dakota Indian Affairs Commission. Stay with us. Much more.